I'm coming to this topic as someone who feels the effects of each of the things we're going to talk about today when I'm doing them well and when I'm not. It's amazing how much we can know about a certain topic, what's the healthiest thing to do, or things we know that will make us feel better, and yet sometimes we just don't do it. Can you relate at all to this? We're going to dive into three main areas today in which we can actually have total control of. And we will take a different look at these things and offer to give ourselves a refresh so we can feel better and feel healthier every day. Welcome to You Can Do Amazing Things, the podcast to help you get out of your own way and accomplish more in your life. I'm Holly Roman, and together we're going to unlock what's holding you back from your next goal and get you into action to step into your greatness and have the success you've been dreaming of. If you're looking for a positive place each week to grow and learn, get inspired to take your next steps so you could feel more success, joy, and happiness, meet me here every Thursday. It'll be like our weekly chat. We'll drink our coffee or favorite drink together, and we'll definitely have some fun learning, growing, and accomplishing your next amazing thing. Let's do this. Sometimes our daily routines and activities can keep us in this constant state of busyness or feeling like we don't have time for anything else. Sometimes we go from one thing to the next thing without giving much thought to how we're actually feeling until it builds up into this ball of stress that we feel or an overwhelming feeling of anxiety or extreme fatigue. A lot of stuff that leaves us physically depleted. I've actually been struggling with this extreme fatigue these past few weeks, and I don't even know why. I realize that I'm probably not alone in how I can neglect even the most important factors that affect how we feel or how our bodies function. I literally went to bed at probably like 8.30 or 9 for four days in a row, and I slept like my body really needed it. I got to thinking about how I've got to get back to analyzing what actions I'm doing or not doing that are affecting me and my health and causing me to feel this way. And so it brought me here to this episode. There are a lot of things we can do and we are actually in control of that could totally change how we feel. From feeling exhausted or having no energy, maybe having foggy thinking or feeling anxiety, whatever negative physical state we can be in, to changing it around, to feeling more refreshed and energized, clear-headed, and all around feeling healthier. I'm going to touch on the three main areas that I believe are the most important. Obviously, there are many ways where we can improve and physically feel better as a result, but let's get into these three so we can take a look at how to rethink things so we could retake control of how we are feeling. Number one, sleep. One of the most effective that I can honestly say is probably the most important, is just getting enough sleep. And I believe this could be an entire episode all about sleep. I know you've heard of the daily recommended number of hours of sleep each age group should get. According to the National Sleep Foundation, healthy adults need about seven to nine hours of sleep each night. This can vary a little bit, but that's the range. Now, I don't know about you, but there are many nights I barely get seven hours, and that is totally my own fault. I stay up doing things like, "Mm, let's watch one more episode, (laughs) or feeling like I have to finish one more thing, or let me just clean up the kitchen, whatever it is. And all the while, I say to myself, oh, I'm so going to pay for this. I need to go to bed. Oh, I'm going to be so tired tomorrow. That kind of talk. 
But why? Why do I do this to myself? Sleep feels so good and it's so necessary. When I don't sleep enough or I don't sleep well, I just feel foggy. Like I can't think. Wait, 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 back up. Let me back up. First, when I wake up, I feel like I got hit by a truck. No cute morning routines over here. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about when you go to those lovely YouTube videos and watch everyone's morning routines and people look so dreamy and happy. (laughs) It's not happening over here like that. So going back, though, if I don't sleep enough and I have this horrible wake up and I feel foggy that day, I can't think well. I can't organize my thoughts as effectively. So many mental things that I notice. Sometimes if I don't sleep well or get enough sleep, I feel like I'm almost in actual pain. Have you ever had that feeling? I can be so short or so crabby, and I know I'm not fun to be around, for sure. I know we all know we need more sleep. I know I'm clearly in a better mood when I get enough sleep, but I also know that we can all relate to doing things that carve into our sleep time, and we actually have control over these things like turning off the TV and not watching that next episode, or just staying off your phone or getting off your phone, or not wanting to, you know, stay up too late to finish a project that really doesn't need to be finished that night, or to avoid those drinks. Have you ever had that where you you love to drink certain things at night or foods, but it doesn't allow you to sleep soundly? I know for me, caffeine really bothers me lately at night, even though I love the smell of coffee at night. Well, I love coffee any time of day, but at night, I don't know why. I just, I think I remember when I was young, my parents would make coffee in the evening. I think my dad drank it at night a lot. And the smell was so comforting. I think it's a cozy smell, like everyone's all in for the evening and all relaxed. I don't know, something about the smell of coffee in the evening makes me feel so good, but I know I definitely can't drink it. It will mess up my sleep so bad. There are so many benefits to getting quality sleep. And here's the thing, I know you know them too, (laughs) but let's recap them here because it's good to revisit these things. I mean, how many times do you actually think about, oh, the actual benefits of sleep? For me, I just know, I just want more sleep. (laughs) I don't even think about the benefits. I just know, ah, I want to sleep. But realizing the benefits, again, are really powerful. Now, some benefits, obviously, I knew, but I also Googled the benefits and some I didn't even realize. And they're so interesting. So here they are. Some of the benefits of getting more quality sleep. One, Sleep can reduce our stress and improve our mood. Yes, for sure. (laughs) Two, sleep can give us more energy for a day. Number three, it can help with our productivity and improves our brain function. Less of that foggy thinking thing. Number four, it can boost our immune system and decrease inflammation in our bodies. Okay, how about this one? Five, it can help prevent weight gain. Okay, hold up. (laughs) This one was new to me. I had never heard that, so I had to learn why this might even be true. Do you want to learn too? Here's what I found. According to Michael Bruce, a psychologist and author of the book, Beauty Sleep, Look Younger, Lose Weight, and Feel Great Through Better Sleep, he says this, the two hormones that are key in this process are ghrelin and leptin. Ghrelin is the go hormone that tells you when to eat, and when you are sleep deprived, you have more ghrelin. Bruce says. Leptin is the hormone that tells you to stop eating, and when you are sleep-deprived, you have less leptin. More ghrelin plus less leptin 
equals weight gain. Okay, I am so intrigued. That book just went on my books to get list for sure. Oh, I warned you, this could be an entire episode just on sleep, and there are even more benefits to list, but I think you get the point. We've all been there, not getting enough sleep, wanting more sleep, thinking, yeah, yeah, I know I should get more sleep, but seriously, this is a major way to get more control of how you feel and how to feel better. Okay, let's keep going. Let's move to number two, eating. Okay, I know what you're thinking. These are so basic, Holly. Yes, maybe. But because they are so basic, that's why we so often overlook them. But let's dive into eating for a minute now. And this definitely could be an entire episode, I realize. But let's talk about it. Probably a lot of you have already heard of the gut and brain connection. But this mind-gut connection is totally fascinating and one I'm still learning so much about. I actually did quite a bit of research on this a few years back when I was trying to figure out why I was having such severe fatigue. And that's when I had all of my thyroid problems. I shared that in episode 13 called My Big Move Story, if you happen to remember that one. I was looking for any answers I could get my hands on to make myself feel better. And while we're not talking about thyroid function today, I am going to say what we eat affects our individual bodies so differently, and that is something we really need to understand here. One excellent book on this concept is called The Mind-Gut Connection, How the Hidden Conversation Within Our Bodies Impacts Our Mood, Our Choices, and Our Overall Health by Dr. Emerin Meyer, an executive director of the UCLA Center for Neurobiology of Stress. He teaches you about the power of the mind-gut connection and how to use it to take charge of your own health. Of course, I'll link the book in the show notes if you're interested. But to quickly do a summary, your microbiome is made up of a large population of microorganisms all throughout your intestinal tract. It's really important to have a healthy, functioning gut microbiome. It keeps things in the gut like undigested foods or toxins and then prevents them from seeping into the uh, bloodstream. It also helps to fight off infection, absorb important nutrients, and so many functions. Going deep into this is really outside of the scope of this episode, but I wanted to get you thinking about this and the foods you eat and how much this can affect our lives. I know for me, I've been experimenting with a few different things, trying to figure out if a certain type of food was affecting my back, specifically the inflammation aspect. So here's a quick story. I absolutely love cottage cheese. In fact, I have eaten it for breakfast for years. I love it with some cinnamon and stevia and then some fruit. So a few months ago, as I'm on this mission to try to figure out my post-surgery back pain, I did a thing and I took it out completely from my diet. It was so hard. I thought I might have a food sensitivity to casein, the protein in cottage cheese, and that really triggers inflammation throughout your body. Oh my gosh, it was so hard. (laughs) I had like cottage cheese withdrawals. (laughs) I've also shared that, you know, before, a few years ago, I did try to do gluten-free and dairy-free at the same time, which was a complete disaster. That was hard. That was when I was trying to figure out my thyroid and all of that. So the point here is that we do eat things that affect us and we don't even realize how much that can affect us. 
I have a really good friend who is gluten-free, and it's not because she has celiac disease, which is very serious, but it is because she noticed that whenever she ate gluten, she would feel so bad and get super bloated. She was in touch with what she ate and how she felt as a result. So that's what I'm talking about here with eating. My point is not to try to say, oh, do this diet or assign that way of eating. My point here is to be mindful Mindful of what you're eating. How is it affecting you? Do you notice how your body reacts when you eat certain things? Do you see a pattern of when you eat sugar, for example, and then you have a dip in energy? Or do you get really bloated with certain foods? When you dive into the books on this mind-gut connection, you will learn more on how foods can control how moody we can be. It can affect levels of fatigue, anxiety, and even depression. As you can see, this is a big topic and one that I know I need to dive into even further. Who knows, maybe we'll have a deeper episode on this again in the future. I remember my friend telling me about a book. This was years ago, but I just looked it up and it's called I Quit Sugar by Sarah Wilson. The first book is an eight-week detox program and cookbook. And then I see that she has written other books since. And that's a whole other idea, right? How eliminating sugar from your diet can help you improve your mood and give you energy and so much more. So as you can see, or probably you have a good idea of this already, food and what we eat or what we don't think about what we eat has a dramatic effect on our health in so many ways. And the good thing about this, here it is. We are in control of this. Think about that. So this is the second really big area where we can have control in how we feel with just being mindful of what we eat. Okay, let's move to the last area, and that's number three, moving our bodies and building muscle. You've heard me talk about this before, I realize, but it's one area that lately I'm noticing how much of an effect it has on my energy levels and my mood. If I don't work out, say because my back is screaming at me, I notice a big shift in my mood, like I'm just more blah. And sometimes I can feel even more tired when in fact I didn't work out, I didn't do anything to make me feel tired. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes if we let the whole exercise idea go for the day, it's so easy to pass it up the next day and the next day. And this really starts to affect our moods or it can affect how much built up anxiety we start to accumulate or stress. Exercise is so good for all of that. And I know what you're saying. Yes, I know, Holly, I know. But here's the thing. Isn't it amazing that we know exercise and moving our bodies has so many benefits and yet we still don't do it? I get it though. It happens to all of us. I also added in this number three, building muscle. This is so huge, especially as we age. As we get older, we lose muscle mass. In fact, I was just reading something that said the amount of lean muscle we have begins to decline by 3 to 8% per decade after age 30. So we should care about this. Lean muscle mass has so many positives. More muscle mass burns more calories. And think about it. As we age, if we aren't moving and exercising in building muscles over time, Just eating the same amount of calories will make an impact on our weight because we're losing muscle. So that means the same amount of calories we're eating will put on weight. And oh, we really don't want that, right? 
And also having more muscles and working on keeping our strength will keep our joints and bones safer and it will help keep us from falling or breaking anything as we age. I can feel myself just from not working out like I used to before my back surgery and now losing strength for me is noticeable in a lot of different ways. So I know I want to gain that strength back. You just feel better all around. Let me share a few ways to stop the muscle loss and then we'll wrap it up. Number one, the obvious, engage in regular exercise, concentrating on building strength. You can use resistance bands, small weights, or even just your body weight. A second way is to make sure you're eating enough protein. This is one I struggle with for sure. I don't think I get enough protein, so I even add in some protein shakes here and there to try to make up for it. And number three, talk to your doctor and ask about other ways to help stop the decrease in muscle loss. There are several places where I have read about various vitamins to take, but with exercise, eating, and taking supplements, always speak to your doctor and figure out what's best for you and your body. There are many more areas in which we have control that we could really work on to feel better in our lives, but for this episode, I chose the big three, as I call them, because they are major categories in which we have more control than we realize. And believe it or not, over time, we can begin to see major changes in our life with even small adjustments or improvements in these areas. If you're anything like me, sometimes too much information is overwhelming. So I need to start with one thing and dive into that completely, learning as much as I can about that before I do something. So you could try that too, or find an expert on that topic, or even hire a coach to help guide you through the process. For example, if you really wanted to get your sleep under control, you would take the time to learn all you can, how to improve your sleep or how to get more quality sleep, all of that. Or you could even hire a sleep expert, didn't know I had those, but to help you as you go along on that journey. Before I wrap it up, do you know what is going to be crucial to seeing improvements through all of these areas? The number one thing that's the common thread to seeing results through every one of them? Can you guess it? You got it. It's consistency. As anything, as we work on it, if we want to see true changes, consistency is the key for making them happen. As a recap, I have a few action items that will cover all three of these. So you could choose to pick one area to really focus on and dive deep, or maybe you want to take two weeks and study yourself in the three areas we talked about just to see how you're doing. For example, Number one, log your sleep. Keep a log of your time when you go to bed, how much sleep you get each night, and see if you can stay consistent with going to bed at a certain time. And then after a number of weeks, like two weeks, take notice. How are you feeling? Do you feel any better? That kind of thing. Number two, be mindful of your eating. So again, kind of write down what you're eating and then how you feel after. If you keep a log of all of these things, you can begin to see the pattern if you have any bad reactions afterwards, or if you've noticed like you have less energy or bloating or whatever it is. Try to have this mindfulness to see if you can identify which foods might trigger certain reactions or moods. And then the third one, start moving. Or if you already do that, start incorporating weight-bearing exercises into your day. At first, (laughs) lifting weights is painful because our muscles are sore and then we whine, at least I know I do, but it's almost like a good sore. 
you know you're doing something good for your body. And hopefully after this episode, you'll know how this will make such a positive impact and how you're going to feel over time. Remember, in all of these areas, you have control. That's good news. So get excited and take some action this week. I'm right there with you. Let's do it. Thank you so much for listening and spending time with me today. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Please share it with a friend who you think would enjoy it as well. If you haven't done so, I would love it if you could give me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That would mean so much to me and it would help get the word out for the podcast. I will look forward to next week. Seeing you here, same time, same place. Have a great week.